Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Mamas Podcast. We have a really good one for you today. This is a topic I'm super excited to talk about and I'm actually very passionate about. We're going to talk about dieting. Diet schmiet. Diet schmiet. <laughs> and ultimately how to break the dieting cycle. How to get off the diet roller coaster once and for all. And the other day, as Scott and I were talking about this episode and about diets in general, I said out loud, diet schmiet. Because <laughs> these are how our conversations go. <laughs> we can joke about things, but honestly, like there is some big, deep principles behind a lot of this stuff too. So yeah, diet schmiet, but <laughs> that we're going to get into some big stuff today, kind of some big topics. But honestly, this is kind of how I feel about the vast number of diets that are out there. They're just... Ultimately, dieting, they're, all diets are kind of the same to one degree or another. And unfortunately, they usually do more harm than good, wouldn't you think? And, and we'll get into why. Oh, yeah. We think that. But so here's the thing. I want you to understand that in this episode, we're not going to examine each individual diet and break it apart and tell you, okay, here's what's good, here's what's bad. That's for another day, another time, and we might never actually do that because it might not actually be helpful for you for today. What we'd rather dig in with you is kind of go beneath the surface and talk about dieting in general and why the dieting mindset can be so harmful for us. So it is worth mentioning that some of the diets that are, there are a lot of diets that are really popular right now. I see all of them on Facebook every day. I know. It feels like at any given moment, you have a whole handful of people that you know personally that are doing one thing or another. It's probably more rare for someone not to be dieting than for someone to be dieting. Did that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so some of the big hit, the heavy hitters out there that we see right now, I think we're still going through this low carb phase. Right now, it's being tagged as keto or the ketogenic diet. It used to be Atkins, but essentially they were very they're very similar. I'll tell you if I had to choose one, this is the one I would choose. I've yeah. seen some killer recipes for cheese taco shells for some keto tacos so oh, i'm all yeah. in on that totally it's like the the taco bell diet no no way that's something to it <laughs> <laughs> but i would say like maybe with the low carb diets you could probably clump in here like just going gluten-free in general i think a lot of people just say you know i need to go gluten-free or i need to go low carb but they're kind of talking about the same thing in general whether they're following it as strict as the actual ketogenic diet which is honestly extremely strict very difficult to do. Um, just this idea of going low carb is very popular right now. Another big one right now is the paleo diet. I think that one's been around for how long? Yeah. <laughs> Where was the Paleolithic era? Wait a minute. That's been a long millennium. That might have the claim as the oldest diet. <laughs> the oldest diet ever. Then we've got like the Mediterranean diet, which honestly is very similar to the paleo diet. 
And then we have more trendy stuff, more marketed stuff, things like the Whole30. And then, of course, you've got point systems like Weight Watchers. You've got Jenny Craig. And then there's kind of the packaged food diet options like Nutrisystem out there. I think Jenny Craig is also packaged food. I think so. Um, And then you have Octavia, which used to be Take Shape for Life, Metafast. So that was more of the packaged food option. And then, of course, you've got your good old-fashioned calorie counting. (laughs) And then what's a little bit more popular these days is the macronutrient counting. So taking a closer look at counting your protein grams, your carb grams, your fat grams. So that would be macronutrient counting. And then, guys, I'm sure I am missing like 20 other diets right now. So that's kind of like our big heavy hitter diets that are on the market right now. And I'm sure every single one I mentioned, you probably know a handful of people that are doing each one. Can I mention my favorite diet? Yeah, what's your favorite diet? It was one I saw on Saturday Night Live. You just had to sit in your food first, and then you could eat whatever you wanted to. (laughs) Gross. The theory was it was easier to sit on some lettuce and then eat it than it is to sit on a yeah. cheeseburger and then eat it. Oh, that's so I know true. how effective it was, but I thought it was creative at least. Yeah, I mean, that would probably work really well. <laughs> Another one that I've heard from, this was like kind of from the 50s era. There was a really popular one back then. It was called the champagne steak diet. And this was like, this was a real thing. They weren't even joking about it. So it was these housewives where they basically drank champagne and only ate steak during the day. And it was very specific about drink four ounces of champagne and eat five grams of steak. Like it was super specific. Like if you do it exactly like this, it's going to work really well. But So what's wrong with this dieting? That sounds great to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So funny. So, but really... The thing is, is whenever I mention the different diets out there, someone is going to get their feelings hurt. I know because I mentioned something there that someone probably listening is like, hey, hey, now I've done that one and it worked for me or I'm doing that right now and I like it. You know, because for one reason or another, someone has participated in a diet or tried it and it worked for them and it changed their life. So me mentioning that particular diet might have them get their feelings hurt a little bit. And I, I get that because, yeah, diets work. If they didn't work, nobody would be doing it. It wouldn't be popular if it didn't actually work. Every single diet that we mentioned, yes, even the sit-on-your-food diet <laughs> and the champagne and steak diet. Saturday Night Live, it's not real. Every diet I mentioned has particular elements of health. Okay, maybe more the keto diet versus the champagne and steak diet. There we go. There's elements of health there, and there's elements of of goodness and effectiveness. But here's the thing. It's the mindset that dieting perpetuates that we cannot overlook. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's the diet mindset, the mindset shift that happens inside of each of us when we pursue dieting, when we decide to take up a diet, get on a diet, fall off the diet. What is going on in our brains, in our minds that happens? And that's what we really want to talk about today. Okay, but first we have to back up just a little bit. <laughs> Let's kind of state the obvious. Why, why do people diet? Because I don't want to be fat. (laughs) Ultimately, yeah, it comes down to that. Someone's not going to go on a diet if they didn't have weight to lose or they didn't have a goal. If they're exactly where they want to be right now, why on earth would they change it? 
So if for some reason you're in that place where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of exactly where I want to be, why on earth are you changing (laughs) your behaviors? Or why are you doing some sort of diet? So ultimately, people will choose to participate in a diet because they want to see a change. And usually that change is weight loss or losing body fat. Or could be weight gain. It could be weight gain. For certain people. Yeah. Which is definitely more rare, especially in our culture where I think it's like 20 to 30% of our culture now is overweight to one degree or another. So someone joining a diet for weight gain is far more rare right now. I think the other reason why people will go on a diet is because they feel out of control. They feel out of control with their eating habits and they feel like they need some boundaries, they need some rules to follow, and those boundaries are gonna give them hope that things will change and get better. And I think there's just a mentality of making it feel like you can do something where you're making a drastic change. It's not as exciting to make minor changes that over time might make a difference. It's a lot easier to say, I'm all in and I'm going to Mm -hmm. highly restrict myself so that I can see fast results. Yeah, because I think most people feel, they don't feel like they have the discipline to just eat a little bit better. They they want rules. They want big rules. They want something that's really different than where they are, where they are right now. And they want somebody to just tell them exactly what to do. They kind of don't want to have to think about it. They feel like they don't have the self-discipline to just eat a little bit better on their own. So I think that's why a lot of people will go on a diet in the first place for all those reasons. Now, what's the essence of a diet? Why can you look at a form of eating and call it a diet? It comes down to restriction in one way or another. Everything I mentioned above, all the diets that we mentioned earlier, you're basically restricting yourself from eating something in particular. You're making something off limits or a certain amount of something off limits and restricting yourself to a certain amount of something There's just always restriction involved, whether it's carbs you're restricting yourself from or sugar or too many points or too many grams of this or that. There's some form of restriction going on. And then also with the essence of a diet, you have to follow the rules for it to work. You can't eat this, so you better not eat it. And if you break these rules, you're going to mess everything up. (laughs) So I shouldn't drink my Slim Fast Shake for lunch and a cheeseburger? Right, that would be breaking the rules. (laughs) You have to follow the rules for it to actually work. That's the other thing with a diet. You can't say, especially something that's really more on the extreme end, like a ketogenic diet. For it to work properly, you have to go all in. You have to be really on the extreme side of it for it to actually work. You have to follow the rules exactly how they're spelled out. And then really in general, most diets, they're usually just really strict, they're limiting, and they're pretty black and white. Like if you get to the weekend and say, well, I've been following my diet all week, this weekend I'm just going to eat whatever I want, you've suddenly gone off of your diet for the weekend. There's really no in-between. You can't be either on or off. No, you're either on or off. You can't You're only on or off. There's no in-between. You're only on or off. (laughs) There's no in-between. Okay, guys, now here's the problem with dieting, okay? With dieting, several mindset shifts occur. And whether or not a diet is effective, I think it's important for us to look beneath the surface at at what's going on 
with our thought processes, with our heart, and what are those shifts that occur when we have been on and off a dieting cycle for years and years. Some, some people, it's been decades where they've tried diets, they've tried you know, they've lost 50 pounds, they've gained it all back. They're going to try something else. They're going to try this one. Maybe they'll lose 30 pounds, gain it all back. It's this cycle where you're on and off and on and off. What's going on in the heart and the mind of someone who is perpetually on this dieting roller coaster? I think the biggest thing that we need to look at is that dieting perpetuates the all or nothing mentality. It's easy to say to yourself, if I'm not in a place right now to do this properly, I'm just not going to do it at all. You know, this idea of, well, I can't do it perfectly yet, so I'm going to wait to pull my act together and wait until life is more perfect and I can make sure everything is lined up perfectly. I know it's going to take too much attention right now. It's going to require me to give this eating style too much effort, too much mind, and so I'm just going to wait and not do it until I can do it perfectly. And it's absolutely exhausting Yeah. to have to, every time you eat, worry about following strict rules all the time. Mm-hmm. I've been there before and it's it wears you out and eventually wears you down. Yeah, it's so exhausting. But then, so we get there. We, we get ourselves finally, we, we pull ourselves together. So we're at that right place where okay, we've got things lined up. I'm going to start. I'm going to do it now. And I'm going to try to do it all perfectly. But then life hits the fan. I mean, you can't, your life is never going to be perfect. And then you have to abandon everything. And that is, in essence, the dieting roller coaster. You line everything up perfectly. You begin. You start following it perfectly. Life happens. You fall off. And then time goes on and you realize I got to pull my act together again. So you get back on, try to do it all perfectly. Yeah, it's totally exhausting. And this perfection mindset ultimately, unfortunately, because not a single one of us is perfect. We know that for a fact. If we expect this type of perfection from ourselves, what can happen? We fall short of this perfection And then we end up feeling like massive failures. We get discouraged and wonder why we can't follow through on something like this. It's this idea of always on or always off. And I'm I'm constantly on or off, on or off. And I feel like I can't do this. It's really sad. It's a sad place to be. The other thing is that dieting perpetuates a certain level of food obsession. It encourages you to become really obsessed and fixated on food. Your mind is so focused on eating constantly, and this is the other thing that's so, so exhausting about it, is that it takes up so much mental capacity, energy, and focus. And without realizing it, food can become this gigantic idol in our minds where Because it's requiring so much effort from us and so much attention, it begins to steal our heart. It steals our worship. It steals all of our attention on food. And now we're suddenly going through our day thinking more about food, how we can eat the right food, how we can avoid the bad foods, and that becomes all we're thinking about. We get obsessed. It also really encourages the demonization of food. You get to a point where you have things that are off limits, that are on limits, and so everything's put into a category of either good or bad. 
And that just makes it really difficult to hold on to. Oh, completely. Yeah. When we go through our day thinking, okay, these particular foods are off limits, we can start to see them as really, really bad. Whereas that particular food item might have a fine place in our healthy eating habits. And it might have a fine place in someone else's healthy eating habits. I think it also creates kind of the forbidden fruit mentality where it's, I might not necessarily have wanted chocolate tonight, but if you tell me I can't have chocolate, now that's all I can think about the entire evening is, man, it'd be really nice to have a piece of chocolate right now. But if it's been demonized as a no for me, now it's creating this huge internal struggle that probably wouldn't even have been there anyway. Completely. Yeah, because someone has told us that is the food you need to stay away from. Don't you dare touch it with a 10 foot pole, suddenly now that's the only thing that you're able to think about. And pretty soon, because your willpower can only last for so long against that food, at some point you're gonna break down and binge on that thing. If it's chocolate or candy or a bag of chips, whatever it might be, at some point your willpower against that forbidden fruit is gonna be done. You're gonna be just done and not wanna do it anymore. I think the final point about dieting is that it really turns off our intuition and discernment. We stop listening to how food actually makes us feel. We get so involved with just following rules and following what someone tells us to eat and not to eat that we stop thinking for ourselves about food. We stop enjoying food. And we have, we get to the point where we have no idea what balance and moderation means. We don't even understand what mindfulness means. There's this disconnect between how does food make me feel and do I even enjoy food? Did I enjoy that thing I put in my mouth? And we stop thinking. And that's a terrible place to be. I mean, food is given to us as enjoyment. And we should be able to find that. And a good meal, we've talked about this often, there's nothing better to me than a good meal with friends and family. And when we get to a point where we can't even enjoy that because we're so obsessed with what we're eating, Mm -hmm. that's a bad place to be and doesn't really honor what God's given us to enjoy. Exactly. God never had to give us taste buds, (laughs) yet he did. He gave us the way that we were meant to thrive and survive with nutrients and eating, but then he gave us the ability to actually really enjoy it. It's important that we can all move to a place that we can finally enjoy food again and not see it as this giant enemy or obsession in our life. So now we've talked about all the bad things that are part of a diet, but what is the answer? I mean, how do we break this horrible dieting cycle that we fall into? Because we do still have those same goals where we might be carrying around more weight than is healthy for us. So what is it that we can do to help break out of this, but still see the results that we're looking for? First, the absolute first thing that we need to do is we need to examine ourselves and just see how deep this goes. How deep does this dieting cycle, this dieting culture go inside of us? Stop and pray. This is probably something that not very many of us have done is actually bring this this challenge, this barrier before the Lord and ask him to fully reveal to you what your relationship with food actually looks like. Do you even know? Have you stopped and really examined where you're at? 
see if there might be a schism that exists between you and food. If you've been idolizing it, obsessing about it, and if you truly need some healing and cleansing to happen. Because if you're ignorant to the fact that, oh, diets aren't doing any harm to me, then the rest of our conversation doesn't matter. And I think this is really evaluating your relationship with food. So it goes beyond, am I eating healthy or not healthy? But am I idolizing what I'm eating, my nutrition, my diet above above God? Yeah. Uh, you know, misprioritizing that in my life. Exactly. Have diets and food become such a large, ha- have they taken up such a large space in your life? And if they have, something needs to change. One verse that I think is really applicable here, and it doesn't talk about food at all, but it's just in Psalm 139, David cried out to the Lord and he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and then lead me in the everlasting way. I highly encourage you to stop and pray that right now and ask God to reveal if there is something broken with your relationship with food. If there is a schism, I like that word. If there is a (laughs) schism, that exists between you and food and let him reveal that to you and if that is an anxious thought that you have and let him show you how to move from here into that everlasting way. If you have been on and off countless diets through the years, there is without a doubt something that's not working. There's something that's broken and you need to take an honest look first at how you see food and if you're unable to get past the restrictive mentality. So that is step number one. You have to start there. Secondly, this is step number two. You need to learn how to stop seeing food as your enemy. This is what ultimately pulls us away from the diet mentality and puts us into a place where we can begin eating healthy. We have to understand that certain foods will make you feel amazing and help you function at your absolute best, while other foods won't help you feel very good. And we have to be very clear about what those are. We're not creating this good food, bad food category. We're just starting to recognize that, okay, certain foods make me feel really great and healthy and other foods don't. And so starting to oh pay attention and recognize what those are. This is where some good and healthy eating guidelines can come into play. But let these be guidelines, kind of like habits, not rules. Because as we said before, the moment we have that rule, we have that restriction, that feeling of that forbidden fruit we talked about earlier. And I think the moment we have those rules placed on us, our flesh immediately wants to rebel against that rule and go completely in the opposite direction. And that's that dieting cycle, that mentality. Because once we feel restricted, we want to push against it. Mm-hmm. And those of you who are moms or dads out there, yeah. see this with your children, I'm sure. I know with our two boys, there's times I put a restriction on them that isn't even a big deal, but the fact they have a restriction just wells up in them and they want to push back against it. Exactly, exactly. So instead of those restrictive rules or things that you must abide by, otherwise you're not healthy or you're not going to lose weight, think, see it differently. See healthy eating as just simple good habits that will lead you to feeling your absolute best. If you don't follow these habits, then you need to know that you're just not going to feel very good, plain and simple. You're going to have a harder time marching towards your goals that you might have for your body. 
And I talked about this a lot more back in the um, intro series where we talked about food. I think it was the third episode. So go back and listen to that. I went into it a little bit in more detail, but I'll briefly cover them real quick. The first guideline needs to just be don't skip your meals. Try to eat. If it's a mealtime, make sure you eat. The second guideline is every time you come to a meal, make sure you have something on your plate that's protein, something on your plate that's fresh produce. That could be fruits or vegetables. Just start there. Make sure that those are your basics. The next thing I think that will help you feel really, really good is making sure that every time you eat, do your best to avoid packaged and processed foods, things that come out of a wrapper or a box or a package. Just make sure that you're working on eating real whole food as often as possible and then work on drinking plenty of water. So those hopefully shouldn't feel like rules. Like, ah, I can't do it. (laughs) And I think a really important note here is making sure that we're not letting perfect be the enemy of the good. Yes. Because it's easy to look at these and try to overperform to these guidelines. And what comes to my mind is I read the avoid packaged and processed foods. Well, I know I also eat a lot of salads that come from a bag. Yes, I could make my own salad dressing, which is probably going to be better, but it's also better for me to eat that salad that happens to have dressing that's already been made for me than it is to just completely eat something else because I'm trying to avoid a processed food. Exactly. I mean, that's another element of that all or nothing mentality. It kind of all comes back to that where you feel like if I can't do this perfectly, then I'm not going to try it all. It's just important that at every meal that you can look back over what you're eating and ask yourself, am I doing these things? Am I making sure I'm not skipping? I'm eating my pros. I'm doing my best to avoid packaged and processed foods and I'm drinking plenty of water. If you can't answer those things, just see if you can do better next time. Not perfect next time, but better next time. Finally, the third thing that we need to do to break the horrible dieting cycle is you need to learn how to become an intuitive eater. And I think this concept of being an intuitive eater is really enlightening for a lot of people. Ultimately, this means that you use your brain when you eat. (laughs) You should use your brain all day for the record. Use it all day, but start using it when you eat. When we diet, we mindlessly follow strict black and white rules. Essentially, being intuitive is staying mindful. It's being constantly aware of the foods that you're putting in your mouth and how those foods make you feel. And it's also just making sure that you see the full big picture of if if I splurge on this one thing right now, is this going to cause a cascade of effects that I can't stop the rest of the week? Or am I able to splurge on this thing very mindfully right now and make sure that I have a good healthy choice at the next one, at the next meal? Some things to think through with this intuitive eating idea is constantly ask yourself if you even like the food that you're eating. How often do we mindlessly just put food in our mouth and don't even think about whether we like it or not? Also ask yourself, how does this food make me feel? Is this going to make me feel good in 10 minutes? How am I going to feel in an hour? How am I going to feel tomorrow after I eat this? Truly think through those feelings and be honest with yourself. Does this food line up with my basic healthy eating habits or is this going to be more like a splurge? Does this not comply with those healthy eating habits? And if it is a splurge, is this my favorite splurge or am I totally wasting my time here and my taste buds on something I don't even really like? Am I just eating this food right here because I'm bored 
and I have nothing else to do. Make your splurges count. Make those splurges count. If you're going to splurge, it better be your absolute favorite thing ever so that you feel fully satisfied and content. One final question that I think is important that we ask ourselves is, am I comforting myself right now with this food instead of finding my comfort and hope in something or someone else? I think that's a really big one that we need to slow down and ask ourselves sometime. Becoming an intuitive eater is going to bring back wisdom and discernment into your eating habits. You're no longer going to be blindlessly following rules, just doing it because someone said so, but you have to start to grow up. (laughs) You become a mature eater. You use your mind with every meal, and that is so important. So guys, kind of as a, a wrap up to this, with dieting, you have to follow rules. It's rules, restrictions, and these tend to bind us up and they strip away our freedom to make the decisions on our own. Most of us women and men, we need to be freed from this dieting mindset. It's this on again, off again roller coaster of eating perfectly and then eating completely haphazardly. It's a mess. This dieting culture has chewed us up, spit us out, leaving us confused, disoriented, and frustrated with our bodies. I don't want that for you guys. I want you to break free from that feeling. It's time to stop bouncing from one diet to the next. We really need to find a balanced middle ground that does not see food as the enemy, but sees food as an important tool for helping us feel our very best and something that is meant to be enjoyed. Okay, guys, so it's time to go to the question section of the show. And we have a couple of really great questions today. And Listen, we are always looking for more questions. I love answering your guys' questions because it really helps you specifically for what you are battling with or needing just some clarity on. So what are our questions today, Scott? Yeah, so the first question today comes from Liz. She asks, do you recommend any supplements? Oh, this is good. The topic of supplements is incredibly controversial, right? You'll have one person that has a bunch of packets, pills, and oils lined up on their counter arguing that they're absolutely necessary to feel completely healthy and thriving. But then on the flip side, you're gonna have someone who won't ever touch a single supplement because they think they're all a sham and a money-making scheme and we're all Americans walking around with really expensive pee. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, with supplementing, it's very important to look at them as just that. Supplements are a supplement to your regular food intake, okay? Supplements exist to fill the gaps or holes in your healthy eating habits. So someone who is eating a really terrible diet is going to need more vitamins and minerals and other essential nutrients from supplements than someone that is eating a very balanced and healthy diet. They're not gonna have as many holes in their diet. I always recommend that before anyone goes down the road of supplementing that you just take a look at how you're eating on a regular basis. Are you eating as healthy as you could? Do you have a lot of gaps and holes in your diet that you can fix easily? Can you get your eating up to par? Once you can, just then decide if supplementing is going to be beneficial for you. So for most of us, it's a good idea to supplement with maybe a basic multivitamin or a multimineral just to cover any potential gaps that there might be with those particular things. So a basic multivitamin, multimineral, okay? And then I also recommend supplementing with a good omega-3 supplement. So something like fish oil or algae oil, simply because our typical American diet is pretty low in omega-3 fatty acids. 
So that's a good and safe place to begin. And I wouldn't go beyond that at this point. Um, I'm not comfortable recommending much more than that. But if you feel or you suspect that you're deficient in something particular, it's definitely worth exploring more with your doctor or with a registered dietitian. So Sarah asked this week, is there an advantage to working out at a certain time of day or should we just try to get it done when we can? (laughs) I love this. So honestly, you guys, there is no magic time of day. The magic time of day is when it will actually get done. Okay. That's great for people like me who are not (laughs) early risers. (laughs) So if you're constantly waiting for the perfect scenario, you're going to be waiting forever. All right. So if you think that early morning workouts are the absolute best, then every single time you accidentally sleep in, you'll be thinking, well, shoot, I missed my workout window again. I'll have to try again tomorrow. Guys, it doesn't work that way. So listen, I encourage you to first take a look at your typical week, okay? What days of the week are less scheduled, maybe a little less busy, and have more time gaps in them? Can you find a couple days where your schedule is a little lighter over the course of the week? And those days, once you identify them, make sure that you do your workouts on those days. Now take a look at those particular days, okay? What times on those days will you be less interrupted? Is there a nap time for your kids that you can count on on those days? Or maybe a mid-morning lull that might work? Or perhaps the best time on those days is very early in the morning or really late in the evening. Okay, so now if you have a really open schedule and you truly can do your workouts whenever you want to, then I recommend that you schedule them for when your energy is at its very best. For me in particular, that's actually kind of mid-morning between 9 and 11. If I try to work out afternoon, I am just a lazy slob. (laughs) So if you do have a wide open schedule, try to schedule it for when you have the most energy. But other than that, just make sure it gets done. All right. Our final question this week comes from Alyssa. She asked, what do you do when people tell you in social situations, oh, you look fine. Why are you eating so healthy? I really don't know what to say. Can you help me know how to handle situations like this gracefully? Yeah. Thank you for this question, Alyssa. Okay. First of all, pretty rude to comment on someone else's food and drink choices in social situations. It just is. So if someone makes a comment like this to you, Don't let it put you in a position where you feel like you have to defend yourself or even start to question your own choices. And let's just all make sure that we're not the rude ones, okay? So let's make sure that we're not the ones calling out other people's food choices like this. We have to understand that we're all fighting our own battles with food, as we talked about earlier. And someone who seems to be eating all the overindulgent foods could be purposefully enjoying their very first splurge of the week or they're really trying to learn how to enjoy food again, okay? So we can't really make those judgment calls on people. So make sure you're not the one making those rude comments, okay? But for you, Alyssa, in situations like this, you have an opportunity to show someone, like this person who commented, who's probably really ingrained in the diet mentality, like we talked about before, that the only reason to eat healthy is if you're on a diet and trying to get skinnier that you're making certain food choices instead based on how the foods actually make you feel. Talking this out with her will probably be a big breath of fresh air for her because she might be a little insecure about her own food choices. So try to explain to her that for you, it's way more about living a healthy lifestyle and about how the foods make you feel than about physical appearance and that you are finally learning how to choose healthy foods over non-healthy foods 
not based on strict rules and diet restrictions, but because it truly makes you feel your absolute best. So I think for many women, it's a completely foreign concept to eat healthy if you're not trying to lose weight. But this is a great opportunity for you, Alyssa, to explain that food is so much more than just about weight loss or weight gain. So that's all we have time for today. I'm so glad you joined us for another great episode of the Strong Mamas podcast. And I really hope that you pulled out some great pieces of wisdom and insight talking about dieting and you feel equipped to work towards breaking that dieting cycle in your own life and perhaps even repairing your own relationship with food. Make sure to check out the podcast notes for this episode to see more details and for a reminder of the Bible verses that we talked about and other specifics from this show. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Strong Mamas podcast and please take two minutes to rate the show and leave a quick review too. Guys, your reviews have been so encouraging to me and to others I know that are able to see them. And honestly, it also helps so many more people just like yourself find this podcast, learn and grow from it too. You can find out more about me and about Strong Mamas at strong-mamas.com. When you're there, make sure to sign up for my free newsletter that's always chock full of encouraging and truthful fitness and nutrition advice. And you'll always be the first to find out when a new episode is released of this podcast too. Also, check me out on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later.